Join Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. Personal growth isn't always about learning something new. Business growth isn't always about new. It's often about going back to what's true in your life. This is the Business Leadership Podcast, and I'm your host, Edwin Frondozo. Welcome. How are you doing? How's your day going? Thank you for joining me today. This is episode number 97, and I'm fast approaching my milestone episode of 100. Really grateful for all the feedback, comments, questions on how to celebrate overwhelmed with the responses and I'm just hoping to be able to level it up and keep providing value to you. So keep them coming. I'm always happy to get a message from you. This is, as mentioned, episode number 97. And my guest today is John Roman. John, he inspires others to live life in the front row by teaching the art of moment making. He's an award-winning speaker, number one best-selling author of The Front Row Factor. He's also a podcast host and founder of Front Row Foundation, a charity creating front row experiences for individuals who brave life-threatening illness. One of John's guiding principles is that you have to be a family man with business and never a businessman with a family. I'm really excited for you to hear the conversation I had with John. Not only is he inspiring and the work that he's doing is amazing, but by the end of it, he was sending me shivers down my back, and I'm sure it will be for you. You will be amazed at how he successfully looked inward to find that meaning in life and eventually went outward to share his blessings to the world. In this episode, John shares the unique way of contributing goodness to charities and the whole world, how he overcomes the unthinkable challenges that he went through, and the value of gratitude and its rewards. Don't miss the one unique action step that he shares that will make a difference to the most important people in your life. This episode is brought to you by Slingshot VoIP, a leader in business voice AI technologies that help companies understand what the customers are saying when they are calling in. The Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partner, IT World Canada. Now, here we go. Welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast, John. Hey, good to be here, man. Well, I'm really, really excited to have you. Um, You know, John, why don't we start off by introducing yourself to our listeners. For those who may not know you and your work, um, actually, just can you tell us who, who who is John when you're not growing and leading businesses, actually? Yeah, well, I'm glad you said it that way because the way I like to introduce myself is that I'm a father and a husband. And when I'm not doing that, I'm doing all the other stuff. So that my primary objective is to wake up every day and serve my wife, Tatiana, and my two boys, Tiger and Ocean. And we live here in Austin, Texas. And um, and life is pretty exciting, and I'm really grateful for the opportunities that we're given. So I, I try to be in a space of um, 
of relationship building. You know, if somebody's like, who's John? He's like, he's a guy that likes to build relationships. I feel like relationship wealth is the best kind of wealth. I love, I love how you, you frame it like that. And, and it's, and it's interesting. It's sort of the work that I do and the people I interview. Some, I, I really have to ask sometimes business leaders because their role, they're really, encompassed in their role as business leader. Sometimes they forget about introducing who they are personally. So that's why I had to frame it in a way that would get you talking about you outside of work, right? Yeah. Um, so so I, I, it's been an interesting journey for sure. And I'm sure you, you, you see that a lot as well. Um, I well, wanted to... We, you know, can I add something to that? Yeah, yeah. We run a dad's group, Front Row Dads, for high-performing entrepreneurial type of guys that are, you know, that are family men. And we say that we're family men with businesses, not businessmen with families. And we have five pillars that we focus on in the group. And one of our rules is no business talk. Because interestingly, when it comes to business, people talk about it so much, it becomes their go-to, right? It's like the one thing we can talk about. We're standing around at our kids' birthday parties and we're talking about business because it's the thing that we're comfortable with. We spend eight, 10, maybe more hours a day in that space. We're really excited about it. We have a lot of momentum. But oftentimes those those personal conversations are the ones that we really, really need. Um, and by the way, I say that laughing inside, knowing that this is the business podcast. <laughs> we're, yeah. not, we're not focused on personal, which is great because we need that too, right? Like I love talking about business, but to your point about sometimes we need to get to the personal stuff. It's, it's, it, I'm glad you're going there because sometimes we need to dig in a little harder on those to break that piece of ourselves open. And the truth is, look, when our when our business life is good, it helps. It affects our personal world, and if our personal world's good, it affects our business life. It's all integrated, you know. It's so I just just want to mention that. And you know, and you know what's funny, and this is what I've been doing probably over the last year and a half or so, John. I just want to share real quickly um, to my listeners as well. When I'm on shows or introducing myself or when I'm on stage or when people are like, tell me what you do. I'm like, you know, my intro is John. It's like, okay. I'm a two and a half year old father, four and a half year old husband. Uh, I'm a 14 year old entrepreneur and a 40 year old some boy. <laughs> Dude, that is great. I love that. I've never heard that. Yeah, that's so, really cool. Uh, yeah, it's and it gets people thinking because it's different, right? Um, yeah. And it, it took me when when I got that intro, I'm like, oh, I got I got a patent the way I do this. Because- that's great. I love that. <laughs> it's hot, really unique and so true. And it tells us a lot about um, it, it. It that that really is a beautiful way of understanding kind of where somebody is in their journey. I love that. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, so let's just let's just get back to. To business, I guess. Go to business. All right, enough of the personal stuff. Come on. (laughs) Enough of this father business and husband (laughs) stuff. Although although you and I probably share a lot in terms of uh, what we, uh, you know, our values are. But uh, why don't we start off by talking about your work with Front Row and let us know what your current roles and responsibilities are. Because I imagine there's a lot, but maybe what you're trying to accomplish over the next uh, 6 to 12 months. Yeah. So now are you speaking Front Row Dads or Front Row Foundation or both? I mean, let's start with Front Row Foundation. Just just get us a quick overview because I know this has been your work for for a, for a number of years now, and I, I think Front Row Dads yeah. is something fairly fairly new, relatively new. 
Front Row Dads is two years old. So I'm a two-year-old leader of Front Row Dads, and I'm a 13-year-old leader of <laughs> Front yes, Row Foundation. Yes. So yeah, uh, my, and my world is split between the two. And I think what's important to understand about my approach um, to really understand what makes me tick or my operational values is that I want to grow and give at, at the same time. So I want my business and my charity to operate side by side. I don't, I don't want to spend the next 40 years trying to figure out how to make a billion and then give it away the last couple years. I want to figure out how to grow my business and give, you know, kind of equally throughout my life to the charity. So I split my time between the two. Um, and uh, the goals this year, Front Row Foundation uh, will raise a million dollars and create about 15 to 20 of these experiences that are very, um, uh, they're very detailed, incredible experiences for people who have a life-threatening illness. So I think Make-A-Wish the easiest way to think about what we do. Mm -hmm. uh, but think Make-A-Wish meets Tony Robbins. So our organization is really unique where, yes, we help people have a life-threatening illness. It's not just kids. It's anybody, any age. We create this incredible experience where we put them in the front row. We give them a front row type experience uh, at the event of their dreams. But the whole thing is about what happens before, during, and after the event. And Maybe you could argue even more so what happens after the event, like how we teach people how to live life in the front row. So it's not just about a day, it's about a lifestyle. And living life in the front row is about, uh, it's a metaphor of getting close to the people, places, and things that make you come alive and that you also can show up for in your life. So the, the metaphor of being in the front row is like who you can lift up or what you can get close to that lights you up. And that kind of that, that, um, that energetic exchange of what really happens at an event where you're cheering for your favorite team or you're, you know, you're cheering for your favorite band and the, and the best fans get the best show. And it becomes this incredibly amazing event that we then can remember forever. So events in our lives, we look forward to, we experience, and then we celebrate, uh, in the past. Right. And so, so our organization, our mission is to create these experiences for people in need and to inspire our entire community to be moment makers and make the most of all their time. So that organization is, uh, it's been my, I mean, you could call it a side hustle, if you will, but it's really been kind of a 50-50 commitment for me, both between, with my time, let's say, you know, my nine to five, um, which it never is really that, right? But you know, <laughs> as a dad and a husband, you know, my nine to five is both the charity and the dad's thing. So that's what's going on with the charity. And the dad's thing is just going gangbusters. It's really cool. It's like, it's blue ocean all the way, man. It's uh, so needed. The guys are just, they're just lining up to jump in. They want this, they need this. It's just, it's so great. We have a goal to have 500 members in that community by the end of this year. That's amazing. So let us know how we could um, help you. And obviously, we'll we'll post uh, the links to to it on this episode page and 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 whatever instructions that you share with us. How people line up to get into this? Yeah, group. I, I can answer that right now. By yeah. the way, really easily, which is check out the Front Row Dads podcast. Like we're just interviewing great men about how they're approaching either their health, their emotional, you know, their emotions, their relationships, their parenting style, or their calendar. And, you know, if you're out there listening and you're an entrepreneurial dad, check out the show. And if, if you've, you'll know, right? Like it's always one of those things where you go and you check it out and you're like, you either like what you hear or you don't. And you just got to find your spot. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Um, I guess personal question in terms of, 
you know, the front row foundation. And I love how you talked about, you know, building this charity work as you build, build out your business. And correct me if I'm wrong, John, you, you started found the foundation well before your businesses, right? Yeah. So the chair, well, so yeah, so here's, I mean, the short version of that story is I'm this corporate executive worked, uh, I never went to college. Let's start there. Right. So I started mm-hmm. selling Cutco knives when I was 18. I went to college for a couple of weeks, uh, but, uh, really found my heart and soul called to this world of being an entrepreneur and then worked my way up in that, that what was supposed to be a summer job turned into a career. And I found myself in my late twenties. I'm the North American sales promotion manager. I'm making great money. I'm traveling the world. Literally, like my job is to entertain people, pay off trips, incentives, design contests for this $300 million company and these hundreds of managers and all these reps. I'm taking seven day trips to Italy and Spain and uh, Argentina, entertaining people. I'm in Vegas. I'm Literally, I feel like I'm living the dream life. It's a yeah. crazy cool job. I love my boss. I love the people I work for, um, who I'm serving. But something's missing. And it's this piece of purpose, right? Where you go, how many fancy dinners do I really need? Right? How many, how many cities do I need to visit where, you know, a lot of it was about in my earlier years about what I could get. Who, who, like how I was building myself, right? My experiences, my, my, my title, my responsibilities. It was a lot about me, truthfully. Yeah, of course. Until yeah. finally, it's like it becomes like, okay, well, what about other people? What about the difference I'm making in the world? What about my contributions? It's not like I wasn't making a difference in that job. But when I got clear about that, that I wanted to make a difference in a specific way, and I started thinking about what that could look like, where you mix your passion and your and your talents and your and you you just do that Venn diagram, right? About like where's the sweet spot here? Then it, it was we started Front Row Foundation. That was in two thousand and in five. We started Front Row Foundation. So I'm a corporate executive. I start Front Row Foundation. I'm doing the charity thing evenings and weekends. Like we're throwing parties for our friends. Hundreds of people show up, raising hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then finally, I'm just like, I wonder if I could do a life full time where, um, you know, I'm not trying to squeeze in Front Row Foundation on my lunch break or in the evenings. But like, what if I could create a world where all day Whatever I'm doing professionally is helping the charity, right? And that, and then ultimately, it's one harmonious, uh, you know, tune that I'm playing. And so I was like, well, what if I become a professional speaker? What if I travel the world and talk about everything you can learn about living life from people who are fighting for it? And that's what I did. I, I, I quit my job and uh, lovingly, I love that company. And and I and I went and I became a keynote speaker. And for the last decade, I gave speeches all over the world about you know, that living life in the front row. And that's, so it was great is not only was I getting paid really well to stand on stage. I mean, you know, 20,000 bucks to give a speech on stage, but yet I was raising money for the charity and bringing attention to the charity. It was beautiful. And then finally, one day I woke up and I'm like, I can't be on the road this much. I'm on the road 150 days a year. I'm a dad. I want to be at home. And that's when Front Row Dad started. So that's the short version of the story. No, I love it. I love it. And the reason why I asked it is, is, I mean, it's more on the personal side. It's like, okay, now I'm building up my work and I'm impacting people now as well as like, but I want to do it with purpose now too, as well in charity. And, and, and maybe I need to start and really look, look inwards in which way I want to help as well. And, and that's why I was really um, intrigued by your story and inspired by it because you, you started it first. And, and I, and I've been, I've been discovering a lot of people who, 
might start their foundation before they even get success. So it's 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 really fascinating, really interesting, and uh, and thank you for doing that too as well for the work. Thanks, man. And I will tell you that it, you know to give, you don't have to start a charity, right? In fact, arguably, a lot of people shouldn't. It's like people that like I love to cook, so I'm going to open a restaurant. And you're like, if you open a restaurant, <laughs> you're probably not going to do a lot of cooking. You're going to do a lot of restaurant managing. But you know, the thing is that a lot of people can just find unique ways. Sometimes people are giving in huge ways; they're not even honoring themselves. I think about parents, right? You know, it's like a mom who's pouring her whole self, a father who's pouring him whole, his whole self into his kids. A massive contribution to the world. Like, you know, I talk often about how we like to put people like Martin Luther King or Gandhi or Mother Teresa on a pedestal as they should be honored greatly. But, and what about their moms or their caretakers or their, or their elementary school teachers? Right? They didn't, Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa, Gandhi, people like that didn't get to where they are on their own. There were people that poured into them that allowed them to do the work that they ended up doing in the world. And so I, I guess my point is that sometimes we think that contribution comes in this very specific form how much money we donate, how much time we spend with a charity. There's lots of forms of contribution. The most important thing is that it feels good to us. And then if we're leading organizations or teams, that the people that we're then serving, our customers, our teams, feel like they're part of something that comes with an intention, comes with a our, our moments become you know opportunities to create meaning in the world. And if you can connect those dots, now you're contributing on a grand scale. It just there's lots, of, there's a th- million ways to get there. You just got to figure out what it looks like for you and then bring attention to it and say, this is how we're making a difference. I love it. Well, I appreciate you for sharing that and, and getting insight. I, I, ho- I hope not only myself is gaining a lot from that for those who are listening as well today and, and thinking about how you know they're building out purpose in, in their lives and, and making a difference, whether it's through money, through time, or just just teaching people, right? I want to change gears a little, John. Although we, could, I feel like the two topics we've already talked about with family and purpose, like we could probably just end right here. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Thanks for no. listening, everybody. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you brought you brought up like the two minute version of your career. I mean, you've you've obviously grown, you know, a huge sales organization. Um, I, I read that you worked with some of Tony Robbins' leaders, you, you built this global keynote business, and, and you did share that you had to quit your job, and it sounds like it was sort of an easy, maybe it was a difficult decision, but I'm wondering if there are any difficult decisions, business decisions that you had to make um, throughout your career, throughout the last 10, 15 years that, that really was tough on you, and, but it eventually made you grow uh, significantly as a business leader. Yeah, many and all of them. You know, many <laughs> challenges, and all of them made me grow. I, I mean, I could talk about any of them. It, it, you know, yeah, it sounds. I, I kind of I share the short version because I just didn't want to hang on the story too long, and we could dig in any part of it. You know, yeah, I I left my job making a great salary, walked away with. I didn't save a lot of money, but I had a hundred grand that I was walked away with, right? That I could go start my business at a hundred grand, and within a year, I'd spent that hundred grand. Uh, next year, I went a hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt. And the banks were calling to foreclose on my home. Now, all in that year, I had bought a second home, gotten married, had a child on the way, and quit my job and started a business all within a year. 
And, um, and then the year after that, they're calling to foreclose on my home. I have a renter who's squatting in my house that I'm renting and not paying me and telling me I take, you know, he's like, I'm not moving out of your house. Take me to court if you want. <laughs> it's like, I am at rock bottom. It feels like the plane's crashing. Right. And, uh, and eventually it worked. You know, eventually it worked. And so, yeah, dude, there was a really tough spot there. Um, and I learned a ton. I mean, I could spend hours talking about all the things I learned. But one of the things I learned is that if somebody else could do it, so could I, right? It's like, and I just kept repeating myself, repeating to myself, like, hey, uh, you know, one thing I know I'll be proud of is pursuing my dream. I'd rather be in pursuit of my dream and dead broke than have money in the bank and having feel, felt like I sold my soul. And so, yeah, there's a million lessons in there. Right? There is a lesson in even transitioning out of being a keynote speaker into doing front road ads, uh, trading income for per- more purpose and meaning or, or more aligned purpose and meaning. It's not that keynoting doesn't come with purpose and meaning. It's a reason I pursued it. But after a while, I mean, dude, I let go of hundreds of thousands of dollars of income this year in pursuit of front road ads. And the way I operate, I know some people are really good at, well, let's just keep that one thing going and let's start the second thing. And once the second thing replaces the first thing's income, then we'll make the transition. I'm the type of guy that's like, I don't know how many days I've got on this planet. I have no time to waste. The minute my brain's like, we have a new direction, I want to move there as fast as possible. And I have a very high risk tolerance. So, you know, we're letting go of hundreds of thousands of dollars of income, having to readjust our personal budget. Came to my wife and I'm like, hey, we got to shave 60,000 off of our spending this year. (laughs) It's like, you know, her eyes bulge and she looks at me and she's like, where? Like, what are we cutting? Right. And so, yeah, man, there's lots of challenges. Always there's challenges. And the things I keep learning, I'll give you one. And I think this is a practical bit of wisdom for everybody. And that is that growth isn't always about new. It's often about true. And what I mean by that is that personal growth isn't always about learning something new. Business growth isn't always about new. It's often about going back to what's true in your life. And so what I what I do is whenever I shake the, 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 you know, when I shake things up, I remember who I am at my core. I remember the guiding values that we have uh, in our organization or, or within myself. So a lot of what really helps us navigate difficult times isn't a new tool, a new bit of software, a new idea that I learned out of a book, a new coach. All those things are great. And I've had massive value with all of those. But so many times it's like back to what's true. Remember who you are. Remember what you're about. Remember the direction you're going and remember why you took the leap. Remember why you wake up every day. And when you go back to what's true for you, what do you really want? Why are you really here? Right? What's the true difference you want to make in the world? You go back to that, you get realigned. That's where you build from. So whenever I, whenever I start getting rattled, you go back to what's true. You, whenever you shake up a budget, you're going back to like, all right, what do we truly need here in the budget? Because a lot of times you just add to the budget. You got fluff. You got all these subscriptions everywhere. You got all this wasted money. We found thousands of dollars that were just being wasted. Do we really need that? That's true, right? It's like, do, do we truly need that? Those are the lessons, man. 
Oh, that's great. <laughs> Speaking about subscriptions, all those SaaS try, trial offers, I went through, I just did that exercise <laughs> and found a lot of subscriptions that I forgot to delete. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's crazy. It, what's, what's really interesting, and I'd love to get a quick tip on, on what you just said, John, is like when you, when you feel rattled, like, like how do you find your center? How do you find your true self? Do you have a practice that you do daily or monthly that, beat, that, audit, beat that the audits yourself? Out of the punching bag in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. There's lots of things that work. There's yeah. lots of things that can work. And I'll, I'll just, I'll, you know, from the heart, right? Rattle off like what's worked. Yeah. Um, what's worked is space, time, getting away, right? I, every time I, I get away, whether it's for an hour, a day, or a week, if there are places for you to retreat and think, um, those are so powerful. So daily practices, whether that's meditation or going to the gym or something that gives you space, those are always things that I think are really important. Um, I think the way I find my center is by reading an affirmation. You know, a, a year ago, I was going through a really difficult time in my marriage, and I wrote an affirmation for my marriage, for who I wanted to be as a man and as a husband. And then every day, three, four, five times a day, whenever I'd get emotional, I would sit and I would read that affirmation. Again, is that is that a new concept? No, man, we've talked about affirmations were blue in the face, but the point is they work. It controls my focus. It controls my thinking. I, I need that. It's like it's just like drinking water, right? It's just like a staple. And so I, I would do that. Um, I would talk with good friends. I would talk with mentors. Yeah, I've hired therapists. I've hired coaches. I've I've sat with friends and said, I just need some advice. Having relationships where I can connect with somebody and say, just help me think this through. I just need to talk this out loud for a minute. All the basics. If I can keep them involved in my schedule, I feel like that's how I keep myself in a good place, right? It's it's never one thing. It's keeping those things all aligned. Like I think that to me, being healthy mentally as much as physically or spiritually is about creating a routine, creating a life that I can do a few things. One, you know, my 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 daily routine, I wake up, I I read, I think, I stretch, right? Um, I take care of my kids. I always used to think that my my first objective was work because I'm a provider. I'm the sole breadwinner in our family, right? Like I need to give my best hours to my business. And then I realized I was like, why do my kids why why don't I give my kids the best of me, not the rest of me? Right. It's like most dads come home after work and they're just like they're crashed. They're spent. They gave everything they had. I won't say most, I'd say a lot of us have fallen into that place, including myself. And uh, I thought, why don't I give my kids the best of me? Why don't I give them the morning time? Right. So why don't I not start work until 10? Now, not everybody can do that. I get, you know, different jobs, different roles, different responsibilities in the world. But for me, it's like making decisions like that were all part of the the whole system operating so that not only would I protect myself against breakdowns, but that when I did break down, I could bounce back. Hey there, thanks for thanks for listening. Isn't John great? If you are enjoying this conversation and have any comments, questions, or perhaps something is really hitting a tone and you relate to something that we said, would love to hear from you. Join me in my Facebook group where I discuss this episode share exclusive videos daily insights 
go to thebusinessleadership.com slash FB group or search for The Business Leadership Group directly in Facebook. I would really love to see you there. But let's get back to it. You mentioned talking to people, mentors, coaches, and you know, really trying to help you find your center. I'm wondering, John, if you could name a person who had a tremendous impact on you as a business leader. It could be anyone. It could be it could be an amendment. It could be someone who is alive or dead, someone you knew or did not know. But anyone who really, you know, you look back and you're like, that was, you know, that person really helped me. I luckily I have quite a few. And uh, I said earlier in the podcast that I put a tremendous amount of effort into relationships in life. So one of my best friends, John Rulin, who runs uh, Giftology, right, his company, he has a great book called Giftology, and he helps people to utilize the power um, and understand you know, how to recognize people, how to love on people in a way that builds true value in relationships. He's been a tremendous asset to my business and just a great friend. Think about my buddy, John Berghoff, who runs Flourishing Leadership Institute. And he's a guy that um, is always up for a great conversation and exploring possibilities about how your business can be structured. And I remember very early on, he was the one that talked about blending uh, purpose and profits. So a front row brand that has front row foundation, front row global speaking, front row dads, soon to be front row moms. And just all like he was the one that saw that vision. He's also a founding member of the charity. Uh, I think about my former boss at Cutco, John Kane, who's one of my best friends. Here's a boss, right? He, I literally, he's my manager, but yet also one of my best friends in the world. I'm, I'm so loyal to him because we've had so many of these incredibly deep conversations where he would actually, I'd come to him and say, I'm really conflicted. I love working for you. I love this company. This is going back to 2005, right? But I feel that I need to move on and uh, pursue this dream. And he's the guy that like, let me help you to do that. Let's create a transition plan for you to go pursue your dream. I've I've been surrounded by and blessed with amazing mentors like those guys um, and so many others. I mean, literally in the acknowledgement section of my book, The Front Row Factor, it is, I think, arguably the largest acknowledgement section written of any book ever (laughs) in the (laughs) history of the world. It's like 25 pages of acknowledgements. And I just, I remember writing that book and thinking, this is one thing I'm going to do right. I'm going to make sure that I thank, uh, you know, the people that have been powerful in my world. And so many have played a role, whether that be one word, one question, one vote of confidence. There's so many. It's not, com- it, you know, there's certainly some that are more powerful than others. Um, and I'm grateful for them. That's awesome. John, what are you reading right now? Uh Everything. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like many probably listeners out there. I've just always got my nose in a book somewhere. But I'm reading my buddy Ryan Mickler's book. He wrote a book called Sovereignty, which is really great. He runs a group called Order of Man. Um, in fact, I'm connecting with him this week and excited about that. He's a great dude. And uh, his book is very well done. Really like it. Um, yeah, I've got a I've got a big hit list. I'm looking at it right now. In fact, it sits in front of me. So I've got Adam Grant's originals on the wall. Um, yeah, I've got uh, a book called by Sebastian. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Junger, younger, yeah. called Tribe. So I've got a few. 
That's got great. a few. No, I, I, it's it's one of the uh, the honestly great things that I, that I get. I have a huge book list from this podcast. Yeah, uh, I and, bet, and, it, man, and it's I really bet. interesting what people are reading right now, right? So yeah. it's there's a lot of similarities, but there are like ones that come out of nowhere too. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, I like reading my friends' books. You know, I really do. Uh, I'll tell you, like, I have so many friends that write books that I really love that. Um, I used to want to read the books that were really popular and, you know, the ones that I felt like the best sellers. I, and by the way, they're still packed with value. I also just love being a fan to my friends. I think it's such a powerful thing when, you, when somebody takes the time to write a book and then you let them know you've read it, right? Like I had a friend over the other day, uh, very successful guy. His name is David Osborne. And he's, uh, he's one of the top owners of Keller Williams. And he's sitting in my backyard and he goes, by the way, he goes, I read your book cover to cover, John. And it was really good. And there's this part of me that's like, I don't know if it's like that little kid that just wants acknowledgement, you know, and love. But I just like lit up inside. I'm like, you, you really read it? You know, you really read it? Um, it feels good, man. Because I had told him, I said, hey, oh, by the way, buddy, my, my wife is listening to your book. Uh, he wrote a book called Wealth Can't Wait. And my wife really likes it. And um, I'd, I'd highly recommend that one as well. Wealth Can't Wait. Yeah, can't but wait. Um, Yeah, by David Osborne. And uh, he also just wrote The Miracle Morning for Millionaires with Hal, uh, our buddy who introduced us, Hal Elrod, who wrote The Miracle Morning. That's a a must-read book if you haven't read that one too. Awesome. Hey man, this the list on this episode is is great. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for sharing all the resources, John. And I'm definitely uh definitely putting some of them on on my list as well. But uh fun question, John. Um if I were to ask any of your your team members, colleagues, peers, um it could be past or present, what's the best leadership quality that John possesses? What do you think they would say? Oh, I don't. That's a great question, man. I had a feeling you might be going in that direction. Um, <laughs> what would they say? The leadership quality. Um, you know, I. That's always that's tough to answer, right? If you if you, yeah, it's tough to answer that. I would think, and I'm breathing into this one a little bit, right? It's like I would think that what they would say would have something to do with something to do with vision of like my excitement for what we do. Like I'm really, I'm totally bought in, right? I'm, 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 this is, this is my all in. I have a big tattoo of our logo on my left arm. You know, this is my, this is my all in for life. And I think what they would say is that, that that is, um, that, that is something they appreciate that, uh, that this isn't my side thing. This is my all in. That's that's a great leadership. I mean, the you know, following people that are all in, it's a no brainer, right? It's fun when somebody's just like <laughs> that's their jam. You know, it's I've got friends that like they they love the outdoors, right? They're just a nature person, and that's all they want to do. If you hang out with them, they're like, let's go on a hike. Let's. I love being around people that are like that, right? I love people that are passionate about their stuff. It's just so cool. Uh, Hal loves UFC. He loves it. You know, we go to his house to watch UFC and, you know, it's like, I'm really, I like UFC, but I'm there for the friendship more than the, you know, but how just like he loves, when he gets fired up on something, man, he just, he's all in, right? That's cool. 
and that's, that's pa- really cool. and that's passion and yeah i agree man i love being around people who like i snowboard and i want to hang out with other snowboarders and they're just you know you learn from them as well right yeah. Uh, because they're studying everything when it comes to snowboarding or UFC or whatnot, right? So it's yeah. the best. So what else is going on, John? I know I know we went through a lot. Um, this is such a great episode. I can't wait to share it as well. But uh, do you have any other special projects, maybe ones that we didn't uh, mention, any other initiatives, or it could be anything fun that that you're you're looking towards or we're super excited about now? Oh, I, I'm excitement is never a problem for me. <laughs> um, here's what I would say. I would say something to your I would give I would give an idea to everybody out there listening of a way that you could make a huge difference this year. I'll tell you, let me let me back up and tell you where this all started. Um so at Hal's event, he has an annual event called Best Year Ever Blueprints in San Diego. This year it was in December. So as we record this just last month, and it was 450 people from probably a dozen different countries around the world. They all come together and they're planning out their best year ever. And it's a very unique event run by a guy who I mentioned earlier. His name's John Berghoff, John Berghoff. And um, one of the things that we do there is we raise money for Front Row Foundation. It's very unique. It's So rather than... And nobody sells anything. Nobody's selling a product or a service or anything from stage. But if we do sell something, 100% of the profits go to the charity. And people love it. They feel like, hey, if I end up buying this person's course or their book or whatever, 100% of that money goes to Front Row Foundation as a charity, which is really radically different. So cool. So fun. This year, we raised $250,000 at that event. Wow. And it was amazing. And one of the things that we did, in addition to raising money, was we told the audience about our next recipient. And we, our recipient is the person who is receiving the front row experience. So um, we would say, hey, there's this person um, and their name is uh, Shelly. And Shelly is going to go see Hamilton on Broadway, right? And here is Shelly's story. And here's a picture of Shelly. Here's a video of Shelly. And then what we're going to do, and this was the cool thing, and this is what everybody can do, is we said, everybody write a letter or a note to Shelly. And you don't even know Shelly. But you can write some words of encouragement. Hey, Shelly, we've never met, but I heard about your story and I just wanted to send you all the love in the world from our family to yours, right? Or something like that, that they just, some people wrote poems, some people wrote letters that were, that were long and, and in depth and other people wrote just a very simple, loving note. And we wrote 450 letters that all got put in a box and delivered to these recipients that we had on the horizon, these next few recipients. And they were blown away. I mean, think about that. Dude, I don't know about you, Edwin, but I've never, like, have you ever, have you ever, have you ever received a box of 400 letters, <laughs> fan mail letters? Have you, have you ever? I, I, I'd be ecstatic to receive like one right, right? now. <laughs> right, right, right. All of us, like one. You're like, oh my God, somebody wrote me a letter. But in this case, 400 coming your way. And, and the, the response from these recipients is that they are overwhelmed with joy. They are so grateful. They are so appreciative of the love. They're like, these people don't even know me. And yet they took the time to write this letter. And so what's so cool 
is that um, we are doing this for every one of our recipients. So if somebody out there is listening and they're like, I like Front Row Foundation, I'd like to participate, just shoot us an email to info at frontrowfoundation.org and say, I'd like to be part of your letter writing campaign. We call it the Raving Fan Mail Club, right? I'd like to be part of that. And uh, we'll send you a link to let you know um, uh, about the next recipient. We'll tell you their story. We'll tell you who they are. We'll, we'll tell you how you can write a letter. And what we found is that now businesses are doing this also with their offices. So like somebody's got a real estate office and we, they call, we call these business ambassadors. And this is actually an idea. Whether you do this for Front Row Foundation or anybody, just the idea is, is sound, right? It's cool. So we have real estate agents that are like, every time we close a house, we're going to donate $100 to Front Row Foundation. And what they'll do is they'll, in their offices with their other real estate agents or whatever size team they're at, it could be a couple people, it could be hundreds of people. They play the videos, show the pictures of our future recipients, and they all write letters as a team, right? And then they're sending cash for their house, their, their, the, cl- the houses that they're closing. They're sending letters to the recipient. We're sending back to them videos of the experiences that they help create. They're sharing it with their customers and saying, hey, by purchasing a home with us, you made this event possible over here with Front Row Foundation. And it's a win-win-win all the way around. And it's a beautiful thing. And it just is a great example of how we can take a couple moments out of our day. We can make a difference in people's lives. We can tie our businesses to uh, purposeful organizations, and we can start leveraging our our time, our talents, and our treasures in very powerful ways. So, I'm really excited about that part of what we do right now. The impact on the recipients and the impact on the people writing the letters. Literally, people call us and say, "Writing that letter was the coolest thing I did all year." Oh, man. I was in tears as I wrote that letter because you're writing a letter sometimes to somebody that like that might be one of the last letters they ever read. So powerful, so powerful. Thank you for sharing that and and really bring that out to the world. It definitely uh, motivated me. And, and yeah, we're gonna, we're going to post the instructions how to do that as well uh, on on the site for those who are listening and and uh, need to check it out. But before we end, I'm having a blast, John. I mean, we could go forever. I'd love it if you could share some final thoughts, observations, ideally some type of actionable recommendation that you could share um, with the with the emerging business leader or entrepreneur who's who's listening today. Listen, I I would think that if you're out there, you're an emerging business leader, you're building any business of any size. I don't care if it's the biggest business ever. You have a dream and then you're hoping other people support. Right? That's typically what's going on. You got a dream, you want to build something grand, you want other people to support it. And the way that we feel that the that the world works is that and this kind of goes back to a, a Zig Ziglar quote, right? If you want to but uh, help enough other people get what they want and you'll always get what you want or something to that effect, right? I'm misquoting him, but you get the spirit of it. Mm-hmm. In the front row, what I shared earlier in the show about like, hey, if, you're, if, you, if you show up for people in the front row and you, you cheer, you lift someone else up, you'll get a better show, right? That's the way things work. And a lot of times we want people to support our dreams, but we're not doing a good job of supporting other people's dreams right? We have to be willing to lift other people up. That's why I think the metaphor of living life in the front row is one of service. So we, we talk, you hear people say like, get in the game, don't be on the sidelines. Well, I, I get it. I like it. I like playing the game, right? There's a point when you need to get in the game, but you don't always have to be in the game to make a difference. You can show up for somebody else who's in the game. You can cheer somebody on who's making their first appearance on stage or on the court 
or on the field or whatever, right? Like you can make somebody else the star. So your assignment is this. You want an action? Make a list of your top eight relationships in life today. Let me stop the podcast. Do it right now. These are anything, business or personal, top eight relationships, the eight most important people to you in this world, period. And try to label, number them in order of importance, one through eight. Now, this is a very challenging exercise, but give yourself 10 minutes and try to do it, right? Number one through eight, what are the top most important eight relationships in your world? And then next to those names, write down what their biggest dream or goal is right now. Now, interestingly, many people can't do this. They, they, first of all, they struggle with putting eight people on paper and then ranking them in order of importance, but you can, if you do it, just listen to your heart, right? Second, they're like, I don't even know what their dream is, right? I'm not, I'm married. I don't even know what my spouse's dream is. I don't even, if I went and asked her, I don't even know if what I read on this paper (laughs) is going to be true of what she would say. I I don't even know if I know my best friend's dream or goal right now. And you go, well, how would you expect other people to want to support your dreams and goals when you're not showing up for them 100% in their dreams and goals? Take that piece of paper, those eight names, those eight dreams, hang it up next to your desk. And once a week, once every two weeks, whatever feels good to you, ping that person, talk text that person, call that person, talk with them about their dream, keep that dream alive, cheer them on, be their biggest fan this year. Because the best fans get the best show. You want to have an amazing life? You want people to be tripping over themselves to serve you? Well, you show up first and you show up big and you show up without expecting anything in return. Just give, give, give. Lift, 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 right? Lift those people up. That's the assignment. And you do that. By the way, if you're if you you want to t- apply that just to business, great. You run a business, pick your eight most important employees, your eight most important strategic partnerships, your eight most important pick your eight supposed to strategic important relationships in business, figure out what their biggest biggest business goal is, and go make it come true for them. You do that for eight killer people in the world, dude, they'll all be fighting to help your business as well. You got to show up first. You got to give. Man, that that was amazing. John, I don't know, but for those listening, I had like shivers going down my my back. That was that was amazing. Thank you for sharing that. John, to yeah, to close, uh, I, I know I know you mentioned it, but can you let us know where we can find more information about you? Um, everything is at frontrowfactor.com. You can get to the charity, you can get to the dad's group, you can get to everything at frontrowfactor.com. And if you want to shortcut it and go right to any of those things, you can go to frontrowdads.com, you can go to frontrowfoundation.org. But the the catch-all for everything, all things front row related, frontrowfactor.com. That's amazing. John, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate you joining us on the Business Leadership Podcast. Uh, thanks for having me, man. This was a lot of fun. Really appreciate what you're doing. That's it, Biz Leaders. Thank you for joining me on the Business Leadership Podcast, episode number 97 with John Roman. If you want to learn more about John, Front Row Foundations, or anything else that we discuss, please go to thebusinessleadership.com slash 097. This episode is brought to you by Slingshot VoIP, a leader in voice AI technologies that help companies understand what the customers are saying when they're calling in. The Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partner, 
IT World Canada. And if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast today. Thank you again. Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com. Thank you.